Friends, please join me in prayer. Spirit of the living God, speak to us. Holy Spirit, speak through us. Spirit of the living God, speak in spite of us. And may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer, in whose name we pray. Amen. Scripture lesson for us this morning is found in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 10. This is the very well-known parable of the Good Samaritan. And so you've probably read it before or heard it before, but listen again, perhaps with new ears. Just then, a lawyer stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, what is written in the law? What do you read there? He answered, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. Jesus said to him, you have given the right answer. Do this and you will live. But wanting to justify himself, he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? Jesus replied, a man was going from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell into the hands of robbers who stripped him, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a priest was going down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, while traveling, came near him, and when he saw him, he was moved with pity. He went to him and bandaged, bandaged his wounds, having poured oil and wine on them. Then he put him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper, and said, Take care of him, and when I come back, I will repay you whatever more you spend. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? He said, The one who showed him mercy. Jesus said to him, Go and do likewise. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Lots of things have been said about neighbors, and certainly we've heard this story before. But let's see if you can complete this sentence. Good fences make... We'll try that again. I don't, no one's ever heard of that, I guess. Good fences make... Now, that was attributed to Robert Frost, which I don't believe for a minute. So when you're doing internet research, you know, like where Abe Lincoln says, don't trust the internet, like those kinds of quotes, uh, you should ignore them because I'm pretty sure that the moment fences were invented was the moment this quote was said long before Robert Frost. But here are a couple more jokes, if you will. The only people who listen to both sides of a family quarrel are the next door neighbors. How about this one? Nothing makes you more tolerant of a neighbor's noisy party than being a guest. Love thy neighbor, and if he happens to be tall, debonair, and devastating, it will be that much easier. 
And lastly, the Bible, this is G.K. Chesterton, the Bible tells us to love our neighbors and also to love our enemies, probably because they are generally the same people. <laughs> that one maybe not so much of a joke. The Good Samaritan. We know the story well. We have Good Samaritan laws. We hear news reports about Good Samaritans in our communities. In fact, the very final episode for you Seinfeld fans has to do with the Samaritan law that, of course, the group breaks. This has been a part of our culture and imagination. What a gift that this story has helped shape so much of what we know. But perhaps it's worth repeating the context of this story. You, of course, know that Samaritans and Jews did not get along, and that is an understatement. Maybe modern rivalries like green versus blue, or wolverines and buckeyes, maybe the lions and, well, themselves. Too soon? Is that too soon? Or more tragic. You see, the Jews saw the Samaritans as half-breed Jews, not real Jews. They had betrayed the purity of the culture and of the faith, so they might as well have been a different faith, a false faith even, a different culture, another ethnicity, another planet. And so Jesus, responding to this lawyer who knows the law well, in fact, he seems to know it so well, he must have heard Jesus talk about it. Because Jesus summarizes the law and the prophets just as this man has. Love the Lord your God and love your neighbor as yourself. And what, what an offensive response Jesus gives him when he says, let me tell you about a Samaritan who does the right thing, and the priest and the Levite who don't. All three in the passage are described as seeing. This word happens again. They saw, they saw, they saw. What do you see, Jesus asks the lawyer. Jesus might as well be asking us. What do you see in the text? Not just in the text, what is it that you see in life you see, I think this story exists for two reasons. One is Jesus, out of love and compassion, wants to crush the self-righteousness of the lawyer and the self-righteousness we can all have about being in the right. The lawyer knows the right answer. He knows what the right practice is, but he wants the minimum requirements. Jesus, so who is my neighbor? Please don't tell me it's everyone or anyone and certainly not a Samaritan. So that's the first reason for the story. But I think the second reason for the story is a model for our own ministry and mission. Because all three sees, but only one sees and acts. See, it's as if the other two saw, they observed, they had a fact happen before them, but it didn't move their hearts or their minds or spirits. But the Samaritan, that word that's described as pity, a bit unfortunate for us because we think of pity as we just felt sorry for someone, but that word, it's closer to gut-wrenching. It moved his entrails. It moved him so deeply he had to stop. He crosses the road. That's the other contrast. While they all see, but only one acts, they all cross the road, but in different directions. Careful when you're crossing the road. 
You see, the priest and the Levite cross out of the way. They go to the other side to avoid the problem right in front of them. But the Samaritan, as the text describes him, crosses from the other side of the road to the man in need. Dr. King, once preaching on this very text, said, you see, the Levite and the priest are asking, if I stop to help this man, what will happen to me? Because that's the other contextual clue of the text. Jesus isn't talking about just any abstract road, a hypothetical. His listeners and the lawyer especially know exactly the road he's talking about. When I shared this with some members here, they said, oh, like eight mile. Or they talked about a road from their own hometown, that dangerous place that you don't go to at night, you don't stop at the traffic lights. See, that road from Jerusalem to Jericho, a steep, winding road, as the Beatles once sang, right? A long and winding road, perfect for robbers to set up and change your world just as they have changed this man's. It's a reasonable question. If I stop to help this man, what will happen to me? Dr. King says the Good Samaritan came by and he reversed the question. If I do not stop to help this man, what will happen to him? He is so moved to compassion, he acts. What you do is determined by what you see. Anias Nin puts it this way. We don't see the world as it is. We see it as we are. See, the Samaritan could have looked at this man lying on the road and very rightly in the time of Jesus said, well, he probably deserved it. He's an enemy after all. He's different. He is other. I don't need to help him. I can ignore him and not feel bad about it. And in fact, tell my own Samaritan community and they would say I acted well. He could have turned the other way. He could have crossed the road to the other side like the Levites and the priests. We could say life is unfair. Life happens. Accidents, bad timing, wrong place. We could excuse ourselves for the task ahead of us. In fact, some scholars think that the priest and Levite, maybe they were on their way to conduct worship. They would have been considered ritually unclean being near the bloody mess. That was the nickname, by the way, for that road, a bloody pass because of all the bloodshed and violence that would happen there. We don't see the world as, as it is. We see it as we are. The Samaritan could have said, I've been set up. There's probably robbers around the corner waiting to jump on me as soon as I help this man and stop. Or he could have said, well, how do I know this man deserves it? Maybe serves him right. He's led a terrible life. You see, we all bring that to a situation. We bring our baggage and our past and our assumptions we bring all the ways we've figured life out, our biases, our family systems, our childhood stuff, our prejudices. The Samaritan has those too, no doubt. But something in his seeing, something in his pausing, something deeply within moves him to action. And he becomes neighbor to this man. In fact, exemplary according to Jesus. 
Now, there are many roads that we've encountered just like this. And maybe we too, like the priest and Levite, have avoided them because we were afraid, because we had questions. You know, because of my interest and passion for mission and outreach, usually people assume that anything having to do with outreach and mission, I completely and fully support. So you might be surprised that I have questions too. I wonder about what we're doing. Is it really having an impact? How is it measurable? Are we changing lives? I too have encountered situations when someone's asking me for money and I wonder, will they just go back to feeding their addiction once I give this to them? How do I know they're really poor and not just selling me a story? We're constantly talking about this with our nonprofit partners and ministries in Pontiac and elsewhere. How can we be good neighbors, especially in light of the good Samaritan? But I've also seen this church cross roads to help those in need. Just ask that small, committed group who helped start Accent Pontiac becoming neighbors to families there, to people who are different in all sorts of ways, I've seen this church cross the road when you've delivered sandwiches to Oakland Hope and others. I've seen this church cross the road over and again, even just yesterday. Outreach and mission in light of the current housing crisis facing Oakland County, especially the city of Pontiac, has set up a fund to help assist those to stay in their homes so that we can find other ways to help them and pool resources and lobby agencies to do more. Now, just yesterday, the same questions came up. How do we know they actually need it? How do we know they won't end up in the same situation? How do we know they deserve it? And every one of those questions was meant well. No one didn't want to help. No one of us here wants to look the other way like the priest and Levite, but we too have tasks and responsibilities. We too have questions about our own safety and responsibilities. But I am so grateful that Outreach and Mission yesterday discerned to set up even if only a small fund to assist in that housing crisis and will be bringing to the church leadership a proposal to ask for this congregation's assistance throughout the season of Lent to mitigate against a ballooning, ballooning crisis. There are still many roads to cross. There are the roads that are just one pew away, one aisle away. We've seen our differences come out about the direction and vision for this church. We've not always trusted one another to make the best decisions. We've been hurt about some of the results of those decisions. We walk away from our committees with differences. We don't always get it right. But can we still cross the road cross the pew, cross the aisle from factions into friendships, or as I've said before, from others into brothers. 
Can we cross the divides and become good neighbors to one another? For you see, the story of the Good Samaritan isn't just about outsiders out there in Pontiac and Belize and beyond. It's about the outsiders right in here, right on your pew. Outreach and Mission has talked about not only doing the outreach out there, but the in-reach, which some of our members gave us the verbiage. The in-reach, to reach across the aisle and across the pew to help those in need in our very own congregation. Those who might be silently suffering, those who might be crying out for help in a variety of ways. How can we be good neighbors? Now, if I just ended it there and said, go and do likewise, you might feel the burden of this great task. You might sense its great challenges. In fact, you might walk away guilty of all the times we have been like the priest and the Levite and gone out of our way to get out of the way of the need right in our way. But that's where we must look to Jesus if we have any hope at all. For you see, very early in the church, as early as the second and third century, this Good Samaritan story was reinterpreted through the lens of Jesus. That is, Jesus as the true Good Samaritan. One early theologian theologian even went so far to say that the church was the inn to which Jesus was taken, those bloodied on that bloody path. For you see, Jesus is one that was made other, just like the Samaritan. Just like the Samaritan, Jesus too was rejected by his own Jewish community. Jesus came under the threat of death. He too went down a bloody path to the cross. The priest and Levite perhaps were concerned about being ritually unclean, but Jesus took on the sin of the world, our sin, your sin and mine, the times we have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. The priest and the Levite were afraid of getting hurt or worse, dying. Jesus was hurt and more, crucified and died. He is the true good Samaritan to heal our wounds, for he is the balm from Gilead for the sin-sick soul. By his stripes we are healed, the prophet Isaiah reminds us. He feeds us with his word of grace. He clothes us with righteousness, though we were undeserving, and he has come to bring us safely home at last. Jesus shows us how to be a good neighbor. For we are all neighbors on this journey of faith facing all sorts of dangers. And Jesus comes to meet us, those of us bloodied by our depression and addiction, those of us bloodied by our loneliness and sin, those of us bloodied by life and all of its circumstances, the fair, the unfair, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Jesus comes and meets us to heal us. And it is out of this radical hospitality extended to us that we can extend it to others, to those just up the road five miles, to those in Belize across the hemisphere, and to those right across our pews and aisles. Jesus shows us the way 
Will we follow him? Will we cross the many roads that can divide us of cultures, of differences, of faith, ethnicities, and race, of beliefs? Will we cross those roads and there encounter our neighbors in our pews and in Pontiac, across the aisles, in Belize and around the world? May we go and do likewise in the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.